Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. This week on Mother's Day, obviously we're going to be doing something a little bit different. And so today, instead of a message, we're going to have more of a conversation. And so I thought it'd be really fun on Mother's Day to have a conversation with a person that, in my humble yet accurate opinion, is, um, is one of the best moms on planet Earth, and that is my wife, uh, Miss Heather, and uh, my crown, as I like to call her. And so uh, I'm so excited to be able to have a conversation with her because uh, she has way more cool stuff to say than I. So, so would you do me a favor? Would you clap your hands? Maybe stand to your feet. And why don't you honor my wife, Heather, fresh off the disabled list, coming in. It's awesome. Happy Mother's Day. It's good to see you guys today. It's <laughs> good. good. All right. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. You having a good day today? I'm having an awesome day. It's been so fun okay, so do far. Do you want to shout out your team? I did. I asked Brian if I could shout out my team. Hospitality, HT, if you're in here, I love you. You guys have made today look amazing. And I just wanted to plug, you know, Brian mentioned all the things, the Mother's Day boxes, the lemonade, all those things. If you like making things look good, feel good, smell good, you like planning stuff, uh, you need to join our team, okay? And the best way to do that is go to Growth Track. But I really want you, Kalisa is my co-leader. Shout out, Kalisa. Y'all need to join our team if that's your jam, okay? That's all I want She's to like, I got the mic, and I'm gonna yeah, hype my team up in this place. <laughs> yes. Um, now, as we prepared for today, uh, we really had this realization that we have now known each other over 20 years, like over two decades, we have known each other. We have known each other longer than in our lives than not knowing each other now at this point. And uh, we actually went back way back in the time machine and found our very first picture together. And so we're going to bless you with that. There it is. Yes. Right there. Our we were very so tan. first picture that we ever took with each other. That was like an actual photograph that we had to somehow figure out how to do it. This was the prehistoric days, people. I mean, this was before personal cell phones. This was before text messaging. There was no such thing as social media at the time. There was no cars. We just were on horses all the time. And we just <laughs> kidding. Uh, but it was a long time ago. In fact, like this was before we ever started dating. Like we were just friends. Just friends. Yeah, we were becoming good friends. We were serving the Lord together on a mission trip right there. Yeah, we actually met each other in church. Met Hello, in church. that'll preach. Okay. Yeah. So if you are hoping and scoping, looking for some somebody out there, uh, hello, it's right possible. here, find them in it church. It can happen. Okay. Yes, so we met in church, and we became friends, and honestly, he became, over the course of about two years, he became my best friend, um, and so then when in college, we started dating, yeah. And there's some people in the room right now that aren't married, uh, there's some people that are here maybe watching online that are in the stage of life where maybe they're single, or maybe they're dating, maybe they're in a new relationship, just what would be your biggest advice you know, on this Mother's Day, thinking back through, through our life and all the different stages that we've had in life, like what would be the biggest things that you would say to people that are in that stage of life? Yeah, if you're in that stage, I definitely would say make a choice to look for the good 
in the stage of life that you're in, in the season that you're in. Uh, you know, the Bible talks a lot about thankfulness. Uh, I love a couple of scriptures I wanted to share with you. You know, Colossians 3.15 says, always be thankful. Be thankful always. Um, and 1 Thessalonians says, be thankful in every circumstance. And that, that's God's will for you. So it is a call. And I don't think it's just like, oh, we should do this because God told us. I think God knows that it's good for us. Uh, thankfulness is a very powerful tool because um, it has this ability to shape our perspective yeah. and change what we see. Um, it really does. And so uh, I go back to even this verse in Philippians 4, 8. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, um, whatever is lovely, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. And I think God knows that when we think, we see him more. We see what he's doing yeah. and it changes our lives. It helps us enjoy the season that we're in because you know, we all know that no matter what stage of life you're in, right, there's good things about it and then there's challenges and there's struggle and there's, the reality is you just go from one hard to a different kind of hard, yeah. right? Like hard doesn't equal bad. That's I think right. that's something I've had to learn um, is that hard is just hard and we gain so much as we walk through the process and the journey of getting to our next stage or whatever our destination is, whatever our dream is, I would just beg to differ that what we learn along the way, what we learn in the process is actually more valuable, if, if equally valuable, but maybe more than getting to that destination or that that's dream. Right. That's, right. Uh, I've, that's been my experience. Hey, that verse, be thankful in all circumstances. How many know that's really easy to underline? When, when you're reading your Bible, like, oh yeah, that's good. But then, isn't it so much harder to actually live life that way each and every day? Be thankful every day. Be thankful for the stage you're in. Be thankful for whatever's gonna happen on that day. Be thankful for your job. Be thankful for your family. Be thankful just for the air that's in our lungs. I mean, that is hard sometimes. And the truth is, it doesn't matter what stage of life that you find yourself in today. We can be thankful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would say if you're somebody, he asked, you know, if you're someone who's looking for that special somebody, um, I would tell you two things. One, I would say, look for someone who is pursuing God and who loves God more than they could ever love you. Yeah. Um, and I say that because, you know, we have this idea of love at first sight. And can I just tell you, it's lust at first sight, okay? Oh. Like, that's what it is. When I saw Brian, I thought his shoulders were so attractive. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> like, for real. I Stop thought they it. were so good. <laughs> and so, you know, but the thing about you know, finding out if someone loves and pursues God is that that is not something you know at first sight, right? That's something you have to learn over time. Uh, to the, time, the test of time will tell if someone's walk matches their talk. Uh, it will tell you, you know, are they actually putting God first and making that a priority? And for us, it was just good to know, like, no matter what, we're coming into this thing and I know that he's pursuing God. I know that he loves God more than he could ever love me. And that's what you need to fall on on the hard times, right? Like there are times, or I just know that there are things in my life, needs I have, that no other human was meant to fulfill, not even him. Yep. And so on those days, like I need to know that God is first. That's so great. Now, here's a little fun fact about our relationship. Um, so the, the week that we started dating, I actually started saving for an engagement ring. I mean, I knew. Because we were friends for such a long time and we had built up a relationship so strong that whenever we said, okay, we're gonna actually 
kind of cross that line and start dating. It was like, okay, we just knew. We just knew. So I started saving. But our very first date was a matinee movie because, come on, I wanted to show right off the bat that I'm economically responsible as a we man. We had no money, like none. Like, so we were like, we barely got by just even doing the matinee movie. And the first movie that we saw was Signs. Anybody remember that? The M. Night Shyamalan? Mel Gibson. Come on, Mel, Mel Gibson. Kind of a suspense, you know, like, oh, like, uh, I got you. I got you. The aliens will not get you, you know. Swing away. I don't know if anybody remember that. But, um... That was the first movie. That's the first movie. That's the first date that we had. And I'm telling you, I started saving them, and I liked it. So, like Beyonce says, I put a ring on it, and uh, and we we got engaged. And I'll say, with friendship, you know, he makes a good point. The great thing about building a relationship on friendship is that it can stand the test of time. That's it's right. a great foundation um, because you know, seasons change, what you do with your time changes, how much money you have changes, uh, your freedom, like your bodies change, hello. Like all these things can change and fluctuate, but building on a foundation of friendship never can never change. Yeah, I mean, like, so what I like to always encourage people to do, especially if you are kind of in the, in the dating world, is to build, your, build two relationships, build your individual relationship with God and your friendship with each other. Because those are two things that can last in 50 years. Yeah. And so I, I think it's really important to build those relationships. Now, when we did get engaged, I humbly say this, okay? But I crushed it. I crushed the engagement. And I just, I, fellas, let me just go ahead and give you a little word of wisdom here. Like, do the work, put in the effort to make that a very special day. Uh, because one, they are worth it. Come on, ladies, can I get a good amen from you? Yes. You are worth that type of energy and effort. But then two, you're gonna be telling that story literally the rest of your life. So Yeah, you, I wanna tell a little bit of that story. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we were in college. Uh, that day he took me roller skating, which should have tipped me off because it's something I'm really good at and he's not very great at. And so that should have been my first like, indicator. By saying I'm really good at it. Like if there was professional roller skating, she would be in it and she'd be in like the Hall of Fame, like can go backwards and do all that. I'm good at the weird she stuff. She used to have her own skates. I did. I owned my own for a very long time. And I, yeah, speed skates, guys. Quads. Okay. Anywho, so he takes me back home after that our little day date, and on my in my dorm room was a black dress hanging with a note telling me to be ready at a certain time. Oh yeah. So from Banana Republic. Yes, bumped it up, and it fit, ladies. You know that that's important. It fit. So 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 from the matinee movies to Banana Republic dress. I mean, I stepped up my game in a few short months. Yeah, so I got down to the lobby thinking Brian was gonna meet me there and it was actually um, one of his roommates was there to pick me up and he was in a suit and he was all formal and so he takes me out, like ushers me to a car which was not either one of our cars, it was a Mustang and so we were like riding real pretty, like the, all of this was every detail planned out. Um, so he gets me in the car but it, before we leave, he's like, you have to be blindfolded. So he hands me a blindfold and I put it on and I'm like, oh, okay. We drove around for what felt like hours and hours and hours. Um, we were in Nashville at the time, and I thought we had driven to Kentucky. Like, no joke. It was so long. Um, but Brian had made me a mix to listen to in the car. Yeah, the, uh, the mix CDs. Yes. You know, you remember doing that? You burn a CD. <laughs> if you had the CD minus R, but it was a CD plus R, you'd be like, man, gosh, 
So it was all of our like favorite songs or all of songs that were like inside jokes. And so we listened to that. We actually have one song from that mix CD. So can we play that? Come on. Yeah, that's right. Isn't that good? Come on, just feel that a little bit in your soul. Two out of three weeks at Queen City Church, we have played Michael Jackson. So we're like, this is my church. This is my church. We're going to go through Grow Track today. But this was one of the songs on the, on the, on the mix. Okay. So good. Yes. So driving around listening to some MJ and uh, we finally park and the door opens. And so I grabbed the hand of the person thinking that was him and it wasn't. Uh, it was another one of his roommates. So Brian had kind of a deal where he lived with several guys uh, who were all incredible men, uh, but grabs my hand kind of escorts me out. They kind of position me around. I can feel grass on my feet. So I'm like, where are we? Like, this is bananas. Um, They take the blindfold off and I look in front of me and it's, the sun is setting and there's a white gazebo. And in the gazebo, Brian is standing in the center and there is candles and flower petals. And that's the moment I'm like, okay, this is it. Up until that point, I really didn't know because it was close to my birthday. And so, um, and I'm good at being surprised. (laughs) So, uh, you were wondering like, why did, how did you not figure this out yet? But that was the moment I knew. So I walk over to Brian and he says a bunch of things, you know, and you know, he asked me to marry him and I say yes. And, um, but what I wanted to tell you is that, you know, sometimes you don't remember all the little details of what someone says in that moment because it's so overwhelming. But I do remember specifically this. Um, he said, uh, I know that in your life, a lot of people haven't always gotten the big things right. And you deserve not only to have the big things done right, but also the little things. And that is why he had put so much effort into all the little details. And he was like, and I want to commit the rest of my life to, to getting those things right. And that might not mean much to you, but for me, that he knew my story. It just showed he knew um, what my life had been like. Um, and he knew exactly what I needed to hear in that moment. And so it was just a special, special day. And then nine months later, we got married on May 22nd, 2004. We have a picture, I think, from our wedding day. Yeah, right there is a Did picture we show from our the wedding day. Picture? Oh, no, we didn't. So we're, we're going to show you, a, 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 just because it's fun to go kind of kind of old school. That's from our engagement pictures right there. Yes. Just soak Gold. that goodness in right there. Anybody notice the frosted tips that are there? And that, yeah. I did it. Yeah, I owned it. I'm like, okay, not pictured, Brian's ring, you know, he's a big ring guy back in the day, our Walmart flip-flops, <laughs> but I'm just feeling a real Ross and Rachel vibe. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. What do you think? I'm also wearing like seven shirts. I don't know why, <laughs> but it's like, throw big it all shirt, on. Big layer it's cool. guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so we got married May, yeah. May 22nd, 2000. And four. In fact, in a few days, we're going to be celebrating our 17-year wedding anniversary. So, yeah, we can clap for that. That took a lot of work. That's not like our birthday. That's an anniversary. And, um, and so we did that. And then we entered into a very glorious stage, honestly, an amazing stage that we call the Dink Stage. Dink, D-I-N-K, beautiful stage, double income, no kids. That's, That's right. what that means. And uh, it was an awesome stage. It's like, we got so much money. We don't <laughs> even know what to do. We felt rich. It was amazing. So what would you say, Heather, just to people that are in the dink stage, people that maybe are married, uh, just like, hey, in this kind of these first few years of marriage and 
and maybe kids aren't there yet. They're not moms, they're not dads yet. Just what would you encourage that group of people? Man, enjoy it. It's such a beautiful stage. Um, but really what I would say is take that time to build your foundation. What is your family going to be built on? Uh, what is your life collectively going to be built on? Have those conversations like, what is our shared vision going to be? Like, what are our priorities going to be? Because if you don't, you're just going to go in with like what your family did, right? What? Because that stuff's already in you from your growing up years, like what those priorities were. But to intentionally know that we're building and creating our own family, even though we don't have kids yet, like what is that going to be? What do we want that to look like? We created some family standards. Um, but really early on, um, even before that, we just had made a decision like, um, we're gonna build our house on Jesus. Our family's gonna be built on Jesus. And so like kind of a life verse for us is Matthew 7, 24. And it's a parable where Jesus is asking like, what are you gonna build your house on? You're gonna build your house on rock or sand. And it says, anyone who listens to these teachings and follows it is like a wise person who builds his house on solid rock. You know, rains are gonna come, floods are gonna come. But Storms the, of life. Yeah. yeah. But the house is gonna stand. Um, and we just made a decision like, we're gonna build our house on Jesus. And we've seen that, it's proven true that through many, many storms, yep. um, it stood the test of time. And I'm a big um, believer in taking God's promises to the bank, because they can be trusted. And after we got married, we kind of fast forward seven years. After a whole lot of practice, we started making some babies and uh, we started having babies. So we, we, have, we have two kids. We have two little boys. And our first son, Jordan, he was born on August 11th. 2011. And here's the picture from when he was just born. And so that's Jordan. I cannot believe, Heather, that we are about to have a 10-year-old. Crazy. It's unbelievable. He's going to be in you soon. I mean, just Hello. that. It's crazy just even thinking about that. And uh, my favorite picture of Jordan when, when he was young, kind of like in that baby stage, was this one. And it was when we taught him what we called the stink face. <laughs> and so he'd say, Jordan, show us your stink face. And he'd be like... Just, party yeah, it trick. was the cutest thing in the world. And, uh, and then a few years later, Caleb, our youngest son, he was born on May 31st, 2014. And here's his picture from when he was a baby. And, uh, and so that was, that was him right after he first was born. Picture. First yeah. picture. And then my favorite picture of Caleb when he was like in the baby stage was this one. I call it the mob boss picture. Okay, so throw that picture up there. How's that like... <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just like, yeah, this is me. I'm here. And uh, we love Caleb. We actually call him the tank because uh, that's kind of how he's built. He's always been just like a little tough guy. And so that's my favorite picture. But I, I do want you to know just in front of our entire church, uh, you really are an incredible mom. Thank and you. Uh, you really are. And I'm not just saying that because uh, we're sitting in a fake living room on a platform talking to a lot of people, uh, but you really are. And I see it every day. And how you love our family, how you serve our family, how selfless you are, it truly is. Like, it's inspiring to me. Like, it makes me better. Um, I love people better because I watch you and how you do, how you really uh, treat and serve and really lead inside of our family. Uh, but I also know that it hasn't always been easy, um, that the whole time being a parent, that it's not easy. Um, I, think, I think any parent that's here it is such a great honor, but it, but it is literally one of the hardest things in the whole wide world is to be a mom or to be a dad. And so what has parenting really taught you 
that I think would be good and encouraging for people that are here. And by the way, if you aren't a parent yet, this is called proactive learning. Um, and so I encourage you to kind of write, write stuff down because I'm just, I've heard it. It's really good. Okay. And so just know what is about to happen is really good. And so I always you... think like, how much time do I have? Cause I feel like this is an area where I could go on and on and on. Um, but I kind of narrowed it down to a couple things. And the first being just this continual, like, bringing me back to my dependence on God, how much I need him in every moment. Um, More than any other event in my life, becoming a mom shaped my relationship with the Holy Spirit um, because I didn't have hours to read my Bible. I didn't have the silence and solitude to pray for a very long time. Your silence is gone. If you're about to have a baby, get ready. Um, But it just, you don't have that and you rely so much on the Holy Spirit to bring the wisdom that you need, to bring the joy that you need, the comfort that you need, um, the peace, like all the fruits, all the promises that we have the Holy Spirit were with me in those moments when I didn't know what to do. Um, And it just brings me back to how much, no matter what stage of life, like how much we need God. We cannot do it on our own. And he promises that he's with us and he gives us what we need to do, um, to do what we're called to do. And so definitely dependence on God. I come to this scripture a lot in Proverbs 3 um, that says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight and he'll show you the way to go. And like I said, I'll take his promises to the bank and I'll be like, God, you said that. So I need you to pull through right now for me. And so I go to the scripture a lot um, and I pray that it's something that you can lean on as well because he promises that he's gonna show us the way if we'll acknowledge him and what we're doing. Um, And the second thing really is humility. Um, Kids have a incredible power of humbling us. Um, And I have found that to be true for me that um, it's when you're entrusted and tasked with raising another human being who God created with their own soul, with their own will, um, it's very humbling. And I love this quote. I think about it a lot from Andy Stanley. And it just says, um, your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something you do, but someone you raise. Wow. And I take that really seriously because I get curious with God. Like, what, are, what, do you got, what do you have for these cool little boys of mine? Like, what are you gonna do to them? How are you gonna change the world? What kind of difference are they gonna make? Um, and what have you called them to do? And just trying to nurture that in them and, and figure that out is so fun. Um, and I was, you know, Kids don't exist to make us look good. I kind of think before I had kids, I thought that maybe that's part of it, but it's not. Uh, It's pretty much the opposite. Uh, Parenting is a calling to not look good all the time. Um, They will do things in public that shock you (laughs) and that you're like, oh, I was like, you're not my mom. And you're screaming in Target and you're like, "Ah." like that stuff happens. And you just, it's it's humbling. You don't know what to do. Right. So just, just so you know, like all the picture perfect pictures on the internet, they're not real. There's like 170 like ones that didn't make the cut. That was like blurry face and people yelling and somebody crying and somebody like pointing the finger. And then it's like, oh, we got the one. And that's the one that goes on social media because that's so real. Absolutely. It is not real life. Social media is not real life. Um, And I even saw this quote one time that was a super check for me. And it said that um, it's called parenting, not childing, because it's more about our behavior than it is our kids. Mm. And man, I was like, oh God, okay. Cause it really is more about like, what am I, what is God shaping in me and doing in me? Not so much 
Are they, am I having behavior modification in my kids? Um, and God has really taught me so much through being a parent. Um, and I did wanna, this was on my heart, just talking about parents. Um, if you're a single mom in the room, I wanna talk to you for a minute. Um, many of people don't know, but that's part of my story. I was raised um, by a single mom, and uh, my parents were divorced when I was young, and I was primarily in a single parent home. And if that's you today, I just wanna say to you, um, Everything you're doing is making a difference. Uh, you're doing better than you think you are. Yeah. And that God sees everything. He sees the sacrifices you're making. Uh, he sees the late nights or the prayer, like the crying. Like he sees you. Um, and I think it's easy. I felt like God put this on my heart for you. Like it's easy to see the voids. Uh, when you're a single mom, you see the where you lack. You see where someone else is supposed to fill in. And um, I felt like God was like, let me fill in the void. Let God fill in the void um, because he will do it. Um, and I wanna encourage you like, to not walk this road alone. Like, Refuse to live life alone. Let people yeah. in. Some of my best childhood memories are because my mom lowered her pride, like, let people in to know what was really going on in our life so um, when we needed help. And um, people came alongside us and truly filled in those gaps. And that's so God and his grace to do that. But it required her being willing to like open up our lives to other people. And so I encourage you to do that. I know it's hard, but I encourage you to do that. And speaking of that, one thing that we wanna do today is that if you are a mom that's here, or maybe you're a single mom and you need help, and maybe there's a need that you have that maybe is big or small. It doesn't matter if it's big or small. We would love to help if we can. What we know is that, that we can't do everything, but we can probably do something. And so we would love to be able to help. And the, and, but we can't help if we don't know the needs. And so one of the ways that you can let us know is that today, if you're here at Memorial Hall, you can actually, um, when you're on your way out, you'll see two black tents that, that are on both sides of the stairs. We're gonna have some people from our leadership team there that would love to be able to hear if you have any needs. And, and even today, we have some very tangible needs type things to be able to help you with. We have Kroger gift cards. We have uh, gas cards that if you need help with some tangible things like that, we, on behalf of the amazing, generous people of our church, we would love to be able to help you uh, any way that we can. And um, I know this, Heather, that one of the things that we've intentionally fought for in our home, that we felt like it was, it was worth some real estate here in this time, is because we've worked really hard, and it's a focus of ours in our home to make sure that our home is a place of peace. And uh, we, we work really hard on that. And it just doesn't happen by accident. And so how would you kind of like, if somebody's there, it's like, I want, to have, I want my home to be a peaceful place and to be a place where, where, the, where God's peace is there. What is some very like tangible, practical ways that people can do that? Yeah, I think the key word for me is intentionality. I think we have to recognize what we have control over and what we don't. Because uh, how many of you know there's so many things we can't control? Uh, there's so much that we can't control, but there are certain things that God has given us um, territory of and responsibility of, and I believe one of those is our home. Sometimes it might be the what you ever see in your job, or it could be other things, but there are certain things that God has entrusted us with. Um, and I think back to Genesis, in the very beginning, God creates man and woman, and he says, you know, Fruit, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. And then he says, and subdue the earth. And I actually like looked up the definition of that because I feel like it's kind of a weird word. Um, but it said, 
um, is defined as to gain control over someone or something or to calm or quiet someone or something. And I loved that definition because I was like, to me that encompasses what intentionally um, creating peace in our home looks like, is that God has tasked us to subdue the areas that we are responsible for. And I think we can do that in three uh, specific ways that we've found practically. And one is just the environment. Like, what kind of environment are you setting? Um, Are you filling your home with praise? Are you setting a pace that is actually doable for people? Is you're constantly just trying to do things as quickly as possible? Are you trying to be more present? Um, Is your home a place that feels safe where people feel like they can be who they are and take their mask off and... Um, women are great at having these like radars about that. Like you walk into a room and you can feel if someone's not doing well or you can see if someone might need extra attention. Like God has put that in you. And so using those things to create an atmosphere that feels peaceful, um, prayer, praying over your home, like all of that stuff creates an atmosphere. And I think the second thing is order. Um, And this is something like, I always like cringe when I say it, because I'm a pretty spontaneous person, pretty like go with the flow. But my family thrives on like this really repetitive rhythm that we have found. That's me, that's me. (laughs) Order, yeah. And our children, and here's why I think it is, because I ask God, because I'm like, if it doesn't come naturally to me, then why do it, right? Because I think clear expectations relieve stress and bring peace into your home. When they know what to expect, they're more chill. And so it's a great (laughs) thing. Um, And so I would say order. And then I would also say simplicity. So if you were to go ask our kids right now, they're in Queen City Kids, what are the rules in your home? We only have two. We have listen and obey, which we're smart and that encompasses like everything, right? (laughs) And then we have no secrets. And really our value with that. That's it, those are our two rules. Listen and obey and no secrets. And the point of that is, you know, we want them to know they can always talk about anything with us. And they'll actually get in more trouble if they hide something than if they just tell the truth, even if it's, they did something wrong. Because we want to foster this value of um, not keeping secrets and not hiding anything. Um, and then another thing with um, kind of simplicity is I try to say yes unless I have a really good reason to say no. Um, that is something that I try to do. And then um, this is kind of like... I say all those three things, right? I said atmosphere, order, simplicity. But at the end of the day, you do have to embrace a little bit of the crazy, (laughs) a little bit of the chaos and the mess. Um, Because I was thinking about this, like literally this morning. Sometimes your kids just break your $800 TV. And you have a decision to make. Yeah. Is my child more valuable than a possession? (laughs) It's real. Real questions that we asked ourselves last week. And if we believe that, how are we going to proceed? Yeah, that's good. Now, there may be some women that are here uh, that maybe don't have kids yet or may never have kids uh, who are trying to have kids but maybe aren't able to right now. So how would you encourage anybody that's in that stage? Yeah, I think if you're in the stage of wanting children um, and you don't have them right now um, for whatever reason, I would encourage you to trust God. And I know that that sounds, can sound trite, um, especially if you are in pain or waiting or brokenhearted. I kind of know I've been there. Like that's kind of the last thing I want someone to tell me is to trust God. But it it's true. And I just, I would be doing you a disservice if I didn't say that. Um, I think about... Um, in Genesis, 
Literally, God gives this promise to these women, and he says, like, I'm gonna make a great nation. Um, all the people are gonna be blessed through you. So their promise was children and generations and generations, and they could not have a, a child for the longest time. And it wasn't like, oh, for five years, they couldn't have a child, and then their dream came true. No, we're talking decades of year after year. Okay, God, you said this is the promise, so what is up? Like, when is this gonna happen for me? And that constant trust and not giving up. And so I would encourage you, like, that did come to pass. They did have a great nation. God right. did fulfill his promise. Yeah. It may just wasn't in the timing that they thought. And so I'd encourage you to keep trusting. Don't give up. Um, because God, God is gonna do what God said. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, and then this is, so, this is so much on my heart, like literally every Mother's Day. And that is... Um, the, some of the best women I know, some of the best mothers I know, don't have biological children. Mm. They are aunts. Uh, they are foster moms. They are friends. And teachers. They're teachers. They are women in our lives um, who nurture us, who make us feel safe and secure, who call the best out in us. Yes. And you do not have to have biological children to have a mother's heart. That's right. And so if, if, you know, whatever reason it is that you don't have a biological child, I encourage you to use the gifts God's given you to bless the people in your life, um, to build them up because you have it in you. Like it is in your DNA to bring life into the world, whether that is through biological children or not. And so do that. That's great. Now at, at Mother's Day, we always want to take the opportunity not just to celebrate moms, but to celebrate all women. And at our church, we believe that women are not less than men. Uh, come on, can I get a good amen from the church here, okay? Uh, but we also believe that, that women are different from men. Uh, but let me put it this way, that we, that we are equal, but not the same. And I believe that those differences shouldn't divide us. And that those differences shouldn't cause us to disrespect each other at all. Rather, I think that those differences should be celebrated and appreciated. And so know today at our church that if you are a woman here, that you are loved deeply, that you are valued deeply, that you are appreciated, uh, that not only are you valued, but your voice is valued and that your leadership is valued. And just know this, that you are believed in. And here's what I know without a shadow of a doubt is that we are better. All of us are better because of you. And come on, amen. Can I get a big amen from there? That's right. And today we want to take just a moment just to be able to really pray over all the women in our church, moms and maybe not quite yet a mom. Okay. Would you do that for us? Absolutely. I actually wanted to ask if you're comfortable to stand. Women, um, if you can, I want you to stand. I want to pray over you. Um, man, you're beautiful. You're strong. You're professional plate spinners. <laughs> you're incredible. Um, let me pray over you guys. God, I just thank you so much for each one of these women. God, I thank you for any of the women online that are watching. Um, God, I pray um, that we would just experience more of who you are through the women in our lives. God, I thank you for the parts of you we see in women, the things about you that your character that we get to know, your nurturing, uh, your comforting side. God, your, um, I just thank you so much for that. God, I pray over every single woman today, uh, literally in this moment, God, that they would feel so seen, uh, 
valued. God, I pray blessings over their homes. I pray blessings over their jobs, over their children, over their, um, their menial tasks, God. I pray that in everything, God, that they would have a sense of um, what you've called them to and that they're fulfilled in that and that they're satisfied in doing what you've called them to do. And um, would you just bless their marriages? Would you bless their businesses, God? Um, God, would you use them each to make a difference in the way that you've uniquely created them to do? And God, we just honor them today. Uh, we're so, so, so thankful for the women in our lives, God. And I pray over any women that are hurting today, God, if there's grieving mothers, God, if there's waiting mothers, God, I just pray for women who are wanting to have children um, and have been asking for that, God, that you would fulfill your promise to them. And God, that this time next year, we would come back and there would be babies. Uh, God, I just thank you. I thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness. And I just pray over all these women in Jesus' name. Amen. You can, ha you can take a seat. And before we end today, we want to give you the opportunity to make what we believe is the most important decision of your life, the decision to follow Jesus. And at our church, every single week, every single service, we take some time to give people that opportunity. And the last question that I have for you is I wanna hear about that decision that you made. Like, why did you make that decision? When did you make that decision? And how has that decision impacted your life? Because what I believe is that there's some people that are at church right now that are watching online, that are here, and you need to make that decision today. And I think your story could even encourage people to make that decision today. Yeah, um, I was lucky. I grew up in church, going to church. And um, that gave me this, I had this knowledge of who Jesus was and what he did and knowledge of God and the Bible. And I don't know that I ever spent a time where I didn't believe that God was real or believe what Jesus did was real and that he was, you know, died for our sins and was risen. But I do think that, I just kind of viewed it as he generically did that. And I remember when it hit me that he did that for me, <laughs> that it wasn't just for other people. It wasn't just for history, but it was for me. And that I didn't deserve that. And I remember I was in seventh grade and I decided, you know, I wanna follow Jesus the rest of my life. I wanna follow a man, a God, that would risk everything for me, even if I didn't choose him. Yeah. Like, what kind of love is that? It's so unconditional, it's so amazing. And so I made that choice and I kind of never looked back. You know, I wanted to give my life to that. And I can honestly say it's the best adventure I've been on in my life. I feel like God uh, following Jesus has taken me places I would have never gone. It has brought people into my life I would have never known. And I'm so grateful. It's literally the relationship that does keep getting better and better. And I, my life's never been the same. And we wanna give you that opportunity to make that decision right now. So if you would, just bow your head and close your eyes right where you're at. And with nobody looking around, maybe you've never made that decision. Maybe you find yourself at church and you've never made the decision to follow Jesus. You've never given him your life. You've never invited him in. You've never received the free gift of grace that is available to you. Or maybe you're here and you have said that in the past and you've went off and you've done your own thing. Maybe at one point you were really close to God, but now you find yourself so far away. It feels like a million miles away. And today you just need a fresh start. I want you to know that all of that can change today. 
that all of that can change right now, that you can receive grace, you can receive love and forgiveness that is available to you today. You can receive a fresh start and you can walk out of here different than when you walked in. And how you do that is just by saying yes to Jesus. And in just a moment, maybe for some of you, that's the decision you need to make. And with every eye closed, I just wanna lead you in a simple prayer if that's you. And if that is you, you know that that's the decision that you need to make today. I'm gonna ask you on the count of three, just to raise your hand. Just slip your hand up in the air. It's not even for me, it's for God. It's for you to say, I'm taking a step of faith. I'm raising my hand in humble submission to say, I need what you got. And so if you're here and that's you, whether it's for the first time or whether it's all over again, you know that today you need to give your life to Jesus. I want you to just raise your hand up in the air on the count of three. One, two, three. Just put your hand up in the air and say, that's me, that's me, that's me. I got you. It's me, it's me, it's me. Anybody else? That's me. If you're watching at home right now online, if that's you, just raise your hand and say, that's me. I receive everything that God has for me. That's awesome. You can put your hand down and just pray something like this in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I need you. I need you. I love you. And I'm sorry if I've lived my life without you, will you come live inside me and will you change me? Will you make me brand new? I surrender my whole life to you. I give you my life. I give you everything. And today I choose to follow you, but not just for today, not just for this week, not just for this month, not just for this year, but for the rest of my life, I choose to follow you. And today I receive your grace. Today I receive your forgiveness. I receive your love. And I walk out of here different than when I walked in. And it's all because of what Jesus has done for me. And so I today say yes to Jesus and all that he's done for me. And I say yes to all that you have for me. We thank you so much for Jesus. And it's through the mighty, powerful, awesome name of Jesus that we pray and everybody said, amen. Come on, church, can you clap your hands and celebrate with those that just made that decision? Isn't that awesome? Come on, that's awesome. We are proud of you. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at queencitypeople.com. 